Hey everyone, welcome to the Her On Top podcast, episode four. Today we are going to discuss our first relationships. In this episode, we discuss the sagas of our first relationships, what we learned from them, and how they shaped us into the people we are today. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you find your podcasts. While you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review with a comment or question you would like us to discuss in one of our episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at herontoppod. All right, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. How are you doing, Alex, my love? I, you know what? I'm so glad we record on Fridays because I've been sick since Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I now have a voice back and I'm very ready to use it. So I'm very excited. How are you doing, my dear? I am good. Like I was chatting with you before we were recording. This has been a little bit of Heck a busy it. season this month. It's just been, yeah, just kind of one thing after another. But I will say one cool thing that I got to do this week was in my voice lessons, we did a fun, like, let's record a Christmas song and turn it into a virtual Christmas card that you can send out to people. So I got to record in my voice teacher's studio this week and recorded a Christmas song. So that was really fun. And so we're in the process of, well, she's in the process of kind of editing it and then sending it out. Yeah. And then we'll put it together with a background on Canva and uh, create a YouTube video actually that I can send the link out to people. So that is so freaking cute. And for any of our listeners who don't know, actually, because I don't know well, how you would probably know this unless you know us. Kayla has the voice of a bloody angel. She <laughs> has since we were little children. She's been able to belt it, like really belt it since we were five. So this is very cool to me. I just want to know what song did you pick? I picked Judy Garland's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. <gasps> Freaking classic. I love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We should put that on the Instagram once we have it. Okay. That way our listeners can can take in your angelic voice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Alrighty. So what are what are we getting into today? So today, if you heard the last part of our last episode, that was a lot of teasing around what we were going to talk about. Um, We were talking about our first relationships, what that looked like, how that kind of shaped how we thought about relationships. And then if we have time, we will also get into our first sexual experiences. So that should be a really interesting conversation. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to get into it and learn more things about Alex that I didn't know. I know. This is going to be such a good – I'm excited for this episode. Yeah. All writing. So do you want to kick it off or would you like me to jump in and talk? You know, I'll let you kick yours off first this time. Okay. So we kind of 
said this in the last episode too, that our first real relationships are, I think are what we are going to be focusing on. Um, Mm -hmm. I did want to just mention there is kind of a funny story that my mom and I were just talking about last night that I thought was kind of funny. Cause of course, like before my first relationship, I had a few just, I don't know when you like call someone your boyfriend or say like, Oh, I'm in a relationship with somebody, but it's like happy love moments. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say my like first, first ever, like I have a boyfriend was in fifth grade and I just, you know, dated, dated, quote unquote, dated uh, one of the kids in our grade or in our class. Um, but there was I also this, who was it? Well, I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll have to get it outside here. I remember yes. off record. Dang it. I don't, I don't know why I don't remember this, but I don't. Yeah. Well, we went roller skating together at like the Linwood roller, roller skating place. So cute. Yeah. And I think one of the other boys that was like his best friend came with us at the time too. So it was like kind of a group date thing. Um, but also in my freshman year of high school, we went to Disneyland, which was actually my first ever time at Disneyland. Um, for choir, we did like a choir trip to Disneyland and, we went to really extra school school guys. Just just <laughs> in case anyone is like thinking of listening to this, like just know we we went to very extra schools. So we did odd things like that. Yeah. And I also had a choir director that was so cute. Very, I had the biggest crush on your choir director. Oh my God. Yeah. But if you went to my school, that was like the weirdest thing because he <laughs> we called him our gay uncle, even though he was not gay at all. He had a wife and kids. Happily married. Just being with a bunch of teenage girls all day. And he was totally down to talk about like whatever we wanted to talk about. He was like one of the most open people and we just loved him to bits. But it was like very weird that other schools were like, oh, my God, he's so hot. It's like, no, that's gross. Um <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyway, he was very just laid back and was trusting of all of us to be safe and just do our own thing. So we had park hopper passes. And so we were like in California Adventures pretty much the whole time. And he was just like, okay, well, you can, you know, we'll all meet back at a specific time and you guys can go roam and do whatever you want. So that's what we did. And the like group of friends that I was with, apparently we like stumbled onto. So there was a bunch of choirs that came. It was like a festival thing. I don't even remember what we did actually, but it was a big like choir festival. So there was a bunch of other choirs there. And so there was a group of boys that had the same amount of boys in it as we had girls. And we like palled around with them. And we all like chose one that we thought was the cutest. And so cute. Yeah. And we just had a grand old time. And so <laughs> my mom was talking to me about this, that I came home and was like, mom, I have a boyfriend. And he was from like Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, long distance, Seattle to Oklahoma. Let's go. I know. Yeah. And that lasted for literally like less than a week, I'm sure, by the time I got back. And then it was just like, yeah, this is not going anywhere. And I was devastated for like a day. Um, 
But so that's a that's a fun like little first relationship moment that I had. But aside from those, like you said, a little bit of puppy love, a little bit of just like starting to experience what it would be like to have somebody else be interested in you in that way. Um, my first relationship, when did it start? I feel like it was like the summer between freshman, freshman sophomore. sophomore year. Cause I have um, to ask, was that when we were like all hanging around with like our little, your little crew of O'Day boys? Cause I used to hang out with one of them with you guys. I remember, was that that time? I don't know. I don't, I like don't even remember because I we didn't even I go to the same school that we I didn't. Did, so no, but remember when? Like well, I'll just say his name because honestly, I don't even think if he ever heard this, he would care whatsoever. No, but let's not say his name. Oh, okay. Well, you you do know who I'm talking about, right? Are you talking about who became my boyfriend or the? I'm talking about how like well, your boyfriend and then the other friend that I used to like kind of like like hang out with when we would all four do stuff together like downtown. Okay. Well, this is going to get confusing. So maybe we need to say names. So are you talking about Nigel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of a little bit into how this started too, that – so the first time that I met the guy that was to become my boyfriend, maybe we can come up with different names because I don't really want to say his name. But um, why don't we call him Dylan? OK. <laughs> yeah. So the first time that I met Dylan, we actually it was like a freshman social thing where we went to in Washington. We have a big fairground in Puyallup, Washington. So uh, we went to the Puyallup Fair that's in September. So like right after school started um, and it was like all the freshman classes came to all the freshmen, both freshmen from both Holy Names and O'Day got to go and like meet each other and hang out and just go have fun at the fair. Um, so that was the first time I met him. So I like knew him and knew of him and he had gone to school with some of the girls that I knew at my school. Um, but yeah, we didn't actually start dating until I think the summer between freshman and sophomore year. And yeah, his best friend was Nigel and he also became one of my really, really good friends. And that is the- his real name just for our listeners. Yeah. We're, we're letting him have his real name. Because <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, his name fits him so well, I can't even rename him. Yeah. Basically, how we kind of, yeah, I think we were all palling around in a group together. And then I got kind of confused on whether or not I actually liked Dylan or if I liked Nigel. And I think that was something that later on Dylan kind of brought to my attention was that I had a hard time actually focusing just on him at times and making him know that like I was all in for him. But that's kind of how we started. I didn't know if I liked Nigel or Dylan Nigel ended up becoming more of just like a best friend and more of like a brother type 
person to me. Um, he was always somebody that you could go to and we, you know, he was out. a great guy. He, like, was, he was a really, he was yeah. a nice, genuine, fun, funny guy who yeah. like, you just got, he was one of those guys you got to be yourself around, like no yeah. matter who you kind of were and it yeah. worked. Yeah. 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 But then I started developing feelings for Dylan. And I mean, he was kind of the more quirky, like class clown, like funny type. But he also had this very like soft artistic side to him that I think I became really drawn to. Um, And, you know, I think that's something that I kind of had as my past of like, I liked the guys that had a little bit more of, I don't know, like not just pretty boy. I don't have anything bad that's ever happened to me in my life. I think I had gone through some stuff with my parents splitting up and everything. And I, I think I liked guys that were a little bit more on the outskirts of, yeah, you know, like the popularity circles. Um, yeah. so I was definitely not like Miss Popular either. <laughs> so, um, we were not. Yeah. So we, yeah, ended up dating and it was definitely my first real relationship. We dated for like a year and a half. Um, I thought it was longer than that. Mm, no, no, about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. We broke up, I think junior year. Okay. Oh my God, yeah, because you took that stud muffin to prom, whatever his name was. He was a do- actually, I just literally was going through boxes, not to get us off topic, but I was literally going through boxes like a- two weeks ago when we were putting stuff in our storage unit from our apartment. Mm-hmm. And I have one that's an album of like yearbooks, documents, all kinds of everything that's little that I keep, right? Over the mm-hmm. years, your prom photo was in there. <laughs> I literally ran across your prom photo a month ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he was never someone that I dated. I met him at a no. choir thing too. And yeah, he was gorgeous. And I was so glad he agreed to go to prom with you me. You guys made a stunning fucking couple. Jeez. Yeah, he went to Blanchett. Oh, he I think. did? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he went to Blanchett. But yeah, I had some arm candy for prom. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I guess. Do you have any specific questions around my relationship? Because I could kind of just like talk about random stuff. But if you feel like there are specific things that would be helpful for people to know, that would be great. Okay, I I do. My first one is going to be what was kind of the moments with him when you guys started dating Mm -hmm. that what made you feel like this is so right. Like everything about this and him and him with me is right. And I do have a follow-up question to this afterwards that will kind of keep it going too. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of hard because even though I do remember this relationship, it also feels like I only remember bits and pieces of this relationship. So it's hard to know exactly what I thought back then. This question will be a lot easier for me to answer when we talk about our actual partners currently. But I think just he made me feel seen. Like he could be really romantic. I remember one time, um, one of the first pictures we ever took 
on our flip phones back then um, was like, we had a big park that was right by our school and, um, you know, of course kids go and hang out in parks and places that they're away from adults. Um, and I remember we were there one day after school. I don't know what we were doing. There was a bunch of us that went up there and he like dipped me and kissed me. And like, that was really sweet and romantic. And I just, I feel like he kind of made me feel yeah, seen and appreciated and loved and cared for. And um, I always felt safe with him. Like that's always been a big thing for me is kind of feeling like I could be myself and be safe with somebody. And he definitely always made me feel safe. He made me feel like, you know, as long as he was around, like nothing bad was going to happen to me. Um, so I feel like that's kind of what after, yeah, I don't really know exactly like what our whole, like we're official story is, um, we were sad. I kind of, I kind of wish I like knew exactly how we started dating and how that conversation went. But once we did start dating, I know that that's kind of how I felt that we were, we were, yeah, young and in love and being cute and romantic with each other, I guess. <laughs> you guys were. And I do remember the four of us doing stuff like going to Pacific Place and going to movies and doing stuff because, like, for everybody who doesn't, obviously, I'm just naming off places that people don't know. But Kayla and I grew up very Seattle kids. Our parents mm-hmm. worked downtown. Yeah. We were downtown a lot. Like, it's kind of like kids who grew up in New York a little bit. Like, not quite as not quite as intense as that, but we were in, we were left in the city to do things by ourselves, walk around, eat, go shopping, whatever, all the time. So like we, we did grow up doing that. And I do remember you guys being really, I do remember back then doing stuff and you guys being really, really, really cutesy with each other, like, and just really like kind of sweet. I do remember that. Um, Yeah. Now, I guess my follow-up question to that, though, is do you actually remember the points where you said to yourself, there is no way this is for me and this can't, this can't keep going? Do you remember that point? No, because it ended with me blindsided. So I, I was not the one that ended the relationship. (laughs) Oh my God. I forgot about that. I thought you were. Mm Mm-mm. No. So I guess, should I spoil the ending and then we could go back and talk about the rest? Okay. So um, basically after a year and a half, and again, later, this is kind of what I was able to get from him about why things ended that he didn't really feel like I was always truly kind of showing him that I cared for him in the way that he needed. But um, he ended up cheating on me. So this is a whole like long what about this long story that so I'll try to give the cliff notes version of this but essentially he was supposed to come to my house so my mom was actually really good almost Your mom was great about to this. a fault of letting cuz now looking back I 
I'm not sure if I would make the same decisions that she did. But as a teenager, I was happy that she like allowed boys to come back and stay with us. And, um, you know, like I could have my boyfriends over and that wasn't a big deal. Um, I would say your mom was really cool in the way that she took of you were. And I'll, I'll preface this for everybody. So everyone yeah. knows Kayla was not me. Right. Kayla was not constantly finding ways to get herself in trouble. That was not who she was. She was a very, very, very mature high schooler. Yeah. So I do understand where your mom took a little bit more of like a European like um, uh, approach to it of like, I'm going to allow him to be here, allow you both to be in my home and under my watch and what yeah. you guys do here. Like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. but we're going to keep it at home and that way you're not like sneaking off random places and things like that and maybe getting yourself into something mm-hmm. because you want to spend this time with him. Like, I think she did yeah. a really good job of that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think parents being willing to have their kids explore some of these things under their roof versus just saying, no, you can never do this. Like no matter what your kid is going to find a way to do it. So always whether it's in a car or in a park somewhere or, you know, their house, you know, it's going to happen. So allowing there to be space and a safe space for them to explore those things while hopefully having some conversations around that in your home, I do think is a good thing. I'm just not sure if I would let my child like have their significant other, especially in high school, like sleep in their bed. Um, Yeah, I did. I was allowed to do that. And you were, there were moments where it was like, "Mm, I don't really know if I would have liked this person to have been sleeping in my bed after the fact, but it is what it is. So anyway, back to how my relationship ended. Um, so essentially he was supposed to come to my house after it was like a Friday, it was Friday night light. So we were going to go to a football game and then we were going to come home and he was going to stay for a while. Cause his parents, I think were out of town and we, he was actually like staying with us while they were out of town. Um, and so I like, went to his school after school and he just sits me down and basically says like, I found someone else that I like and we're breaking up and I like lost my fucking shit. (laughs) I ran away and ran to a park that we used to go to all the time together and just like sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And it was like one of those moments where it was like this person that really hurt you is also the person that you like want to comfort you too. And so I feel like after like an hour or so, I like texted him where I was and I don't remember if we had a conversation again at that point or not, but we ended up going to the football game with this other person. So it was another girl from my school who is actually a grade above me that I, I don't think I'd ever even met her, like knew her. She was some kind of random girl. The balls on you to have gone to a football game with your boyfriend and the other girl. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. So 
she was there and they were together the entire football game, but he was still, his parents were out of town. He was still supposed to be coming to my house. And we didn't, my mom didn't come to the game. So we didn't actually have a ride home. And for people that don't know, so our schools were private schools, which meant most of the kids that were going to these schools did not just live, you know, right in the neighborhood. We no, were, and my school was lived. in Seattle. So yeah, and my house was like 30 minutes north of Seattle. And this was not a situation where like yeah. you just get to get on a bus and go like, no, it no, was like a lot more work into it on the parents yeah. for that. Yeah. And I don't yeah. remember how we originally were going to get a ride home from someone. But anyway, it ended up being that I think she lived in the area where I lived. And so we actually got a ride home from her and her dad. And I think her sister, because her younger what? sister also went to our school. And yeah. How do I not remember this? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So he was, we were broken up and he was still coming to my house. And then we got a ride home to my house from this other girl that he now is with and her dad. And I think her sister was there too. It was insane. And so then he was at my house and we were broken up and I was in full breakup mode. I was like... <laughs> I was very like melodramatic as a teenager. Um, she was Gilmore girlsing it up, guys. She was making the box of everything to get rid of and to like the hideaway box and like doing the well, things. Gil well, Gilmore girls may not be the best reference because they're not necessarily sulky people. No, but you, I, they go home to yeah. wallow. They wallow yeah. after every relationship. Yeah. And so I was like on the floor in our like basement living room playing the saddest music ever just sobbing while he's like upstairs doing whatever probably texting this other girl um it was the weirdest thing and then my mom comes home and is just like what the hell is happening right now what is going on in my house and so then she has to comfort me. And I think she was kind of like, well, I don't know what to do because his parents aren't home. And like, should we just take him home? And I mean, we were high schoolers, like he could have stayed home by himself. Um, but I think she had agreed to like, you know, watch have him, him stay watch there. him, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, yeah. While his parents were gone. And so she was just like, I don't really know what we're going to do. And like, again, I was like, oh, I don't really want him to go, but I do because obviously we're broken up. But the whole weekend was just like a shit show. It was a, it was back and forth. We ended up like still doing some sexual stuff together that my mom kind of sort of walked in on um <laughs> yeah i'm not a saint guys i'm not a saint she there were it. there were still times that i got into trouble with guys too so yeah don't think that i was like miss perfect because i was not um he just wasn't as bad as me yeah and you know and then my mom actually like went through his phone because she was like you know trying to get some evidence of like what was happening not good she should not have done that um but she was just like well i just want to know like why this is happening and like show you that this is not something that you should be doing and blah 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 and oh my god it was what just did she find in his phone 
just like the text messages between him and this other girl. And oh. I think she was like wanting to show me that like, don't be stupid and like go back to him when he's obviously already told you that, you know, he's dating somebody else. Yeah. Um, but I mean, not condoning going through another child's phone. Don't ever do that. That's not a cool parent move, but I know she was just trying to protect me. Um, Probably get you wake up a little bit too. Like I, I know yeah. you're trying to hold on to this, but he yeah. ain't worth holding on to. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think my mom did end up calling his parents and they just decided that, yeah, he was just going to go home and stay at home by himself for a few days before they got back. And so we drove him home, which he lived like almost an hour away from us too. Jesus. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it was just a whole freaking mess. And then we ended up kind of being like on and off again. I kind of had this thing of like, well, I was first. I was like the number one person. I called like, dibs. This other girl is not even like in the sphere that I am. And so, yeah, we had kind of this toxic like back and forth of like, even though he was with her, I was like, he's still mine. And I still like tried to get him back. And there was a few times where we did kind of had like a relapse a little bit with each other. And honestly, we were in communication with each other all the way like through into college and couldn't really like shake him for a while for myself because I just like he was my first love and I felt yeah. like I couldn't I couldn't get rid of it. And I even had a few other boyfriends after him. What the one right after was mainly to make him jealous and that didn't really work. Um, but yeah, it, it was, a, it was a fucking mess. <laughs> it was a huge mess. Um, and so I do think it was helpful for me after the fact later to kind of have some clarity on the fact that he, yeah, he felt like I, and there were times that we were at like dances and I kind of flirted with some of the other boys that he went to school with and stuff. And I think he kind of felt like I always didn't really fully accept him for him. And I don't feel like I had one foot out the door because I was definitely like head over heels in love with him. But you I really do think, were. I do think that there were times when it was like, well, maybe is there something else, you know, out there that could be, um, I will also and, just say for like, not that this is a, a big thing. Like I, I know that this doesn't mean a ton, right? I, yeah. I get that. I'm being a little superficial here. Yeah. But guys, he was nowhere in her fucking league. Absolutely nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Especially well, physically. I am not going to lie about that. Like you were way too hot for him. Oh, way too. Hard. I don't agree with that. Whatsoever. I think that every single time, even when I just saw that picture of us like in high school at, at the Nordstrom Santa, I'm like, you're fucking, you were stunning in high school. Like you're, I mean, I'm not saying you're not now, but like you were very, very, very pretty. So like, oh. no, no, no. Yeah. Well, again, there was and a lot about him. a little bit like a dud at sometimes to me, like. Well, I think he had a really hard 
past in childhood. Like yes. his family situation was not great and I won't go into all of it, but no. um, I think that again, that was something that I was attracted to that on the outside, he was the class clown. He made everybody laugh. He was like the goofy, silly kind of, kind of stupidish one that not that he was stupid, but just kind of acted stupid. Yeah. Um, and not kind of def- and not stupid, from- dumb, but just kind of like why yeah, goofy, something. yeah, goofy. goofy. And so on the outside, I think he kind of tried to make everybody see, like, see on the outside that he was okay and fine and you know funny and goofy and whatnot. But I think that was his defense mechanism because there was a lot 100%. of crap that he was going through at home a lot. And so I think that's what I connected on with him. Again, there was kind of this underbelly of him where he had some darkness and then he was also really artistic he was really into poetry that was something that we got into he did like slam poetry um competitions or i don't is it just called slam poetry anyway um in seattle and i did some of that with him we also volunteered together we both uh did the teen link hotline that was with the crisis center in Seattle and it was like teens talking to teens. So he also had a really like soft side where he really cared about other people and was empathetic. And um, so I think that's really what I was drawn to. And I felt like, you know, I was the one that saw all of that where other people didn't. Um, And kind of like I got him, whereas other people didn't. And I, I mean, I felt that too. Like there was a lot of stuff that I had gone through in my life with my parents splitting up and stuff. I mean, not to the degree that he had, but, um, there were shared experiences there. Yeah. There were shared experiences there. So, okay. Um, I, I understand you saying that, but there's also a lot of stuff that I feel like yeah, again, I, maybe I still feel this way that I saw that other people didn't, um, that we connected on. Like one really sweet thing, he would get to school really early in the morning for exactly what reason I don't 100% remember. But like, and thinking back to this, I'm just like, how the hell did I get up this early? I get up at like six or seven every morning and I am like dragging myself out of bed before my child gets up. I had like 7 a.m. choir every day in oh, high school. I remember zero period, and I don't know how the hell I did it. I don't and, know and so on a few days a week, we would meet at Starbucks or Tully's, which was right by my school, at like 6 a.m. Like we and have would co- meet like, and have like downtown at 6 a.m. That means well, I would have had to get up at like 4 a.m. I will if also not before say that to be there by that time. I will say though, to give a total shout out to our mothers, we had very corporate powerhouse mothers yeah. that could go to work as early as they probably humanly could have possibly wanted and still had even more to do by the time they left. So thankfully for that, like I get your mom was probably going in the office early and it was easy to drop you up there and this, but Right. Yeah, no, 6 a.m. Totally. dates is not normal. No, no. That's not a normal date. No, but yeah, we would meet at the coffee shop at between... I mean, I, I'm chronically late to everything, so I was definitely probably not there at 6 a.m. He was, though. He would take the bus to school every but, morning. But like you guys and, were... Yeah. And we would have coffee, and we would sit and chat, and that was like, yeah, our time to catch up with each other before school. Um, 
And then, you know, sometimes we would meet after school, but, you know, he would write poetry to me. We would read poetry together like that. I always felt like that was something that we really connected on. Not that I was super into poetry, but I, you know, as a singer and a lover of arts, like that was something that I felt like I connected with him on. Yeah. We both loved music. We both loved like R&B music. And um, so it was just... Yeah, we had a lot of amazing moments um, in our relationship. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you one very yeah. quick question to summarize uh, yes. first relationship. Yes. What is the one biggest thing you learned from it? If you could only pick one thing and kind of like short, sweet to the point, what's the one biggest thing you learned? This kind of gets into the next question, but... I don't, I don't know if I can pick just one. I think there's two. One is always be true to yourself, but in that being true to yourself, meaning finding somebody that makes you feel like you can be your true self. Okay. Finding somebody that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel secure, because even with all the craziness that happened and it, you know, it was a teenage relationship and it's fine. Um, I still felt that way. And I actually still really have a positive light of that relationship because of that. Like okay. there's a lot of shit at the end and it was hard. And I, you know, I, that was the first time I actually went to therapy was after that relationship because I was severely depressed. Um, but after I was able to kind of process it and move on and know that it was just kind of what it was, I really, yeah, it was a safe relationship that I really liked. Now, I will also say, pick somebody that you have good sexual chemistry with. That is also what I took away from that relationship. Well, ain't now that the (laughs) damn truth. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't think you can get that far in a relationship if that is not there unless maybe the two people I mean I I can totally understand people have different sex drives so maybe for two people who are very not very sexual and don't really it maybe that works for you but the general public no yeah 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 have good sexual chemistry with the person that you are in a relationship with because it makes it a whole lot more fun I love it I know I took a lot of time on that um let's get to you Alex and talk about what was your first relationship? All righty. I'm going to kind of skim early years because to be quite frank with everybody, I wasn't the biggest dater. And Kayla knows this. Like I was not the biggest, like I wasn't. Um, I want to say maybe like through like sixth through eighth grade, there were like a couple different like boys. Like I can kind of come up with like two that I kind of liked. One that I actually like would actually hang out with and like, you know, we would go to little things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, not big through that time. And then throughout high school, I had a very tumultuous relationship with my best friend, mm-hmm. who was a guy where that just, you know, I, I think for the longest time when I was very young, mm-hmm. I really kind of believed that like this person really made the most sense to me Mm -hmm. and like kind of filled in all these, you know, gaps of 
me and and they just fit perfectly in every one of those gaps. And I mean, and that mm-hmm. makes sense because he was my best one of one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. But once I got older and old enough to realize there's absolutely no way that would have ever worked long term. Like, mm-hmm. and even when we kind of like reconnected paths later down after college when we were like living in California, there just would have never been a way for us to be together. Like it mm-hmm. just wouldn't work. So yeah. I think that was one that I was hung up for a while on mm-hmm. um, that really was kind of, it was kind of hard. Like it was, it was just hard yeah. because I kind of always had this feeling you know, like back deep within of like, you know, I think we are supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. I think we are. Like, even though we kind of hang out with other people and like do these other little things and stuff like that. And like, Mm -hmm. but I think at the end of the day, like we're the, we're both the person that each of us at the end of whatever we're doing want to be with each other. Mm -hmm. So why are we not? Mm -hmm. And all I can say is thank God. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really kind of took me all through high school. Like that took freshman through senior year, like a long time. Like he even mm-hmm. still came and like hung out and visited me my freshman year in college by the time I got to my first year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through college, there were guys that I kind of periodically dated a bit and there were, you know, it's kind of hard because I do remember going through my college career. And mm-hmm. there would kind of be guys that would be kind of interested in in me. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't that interested back. Like it mm-hmm. just it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, like I actually have a really, really, really funny story of college from I think I was probably in my soft I was maybe in my sophomore junior year of college. Um, and I did the whole so I was in a sorority, I did all of that, I was in the Greek system, like I partied my little face off. Um, and I remember some of my sorority sisters and I were hanging out with a group of these guys from this one fraternity that we used to hang out with a lot that we really liked and had a good time with. And there was this one guy in the same grade as me that was like super into me Mm -hmm. and had like would constantly try to like anytime it was like a group of like us three girls kind of though kind of hang together. Right. And so anytime the three of us would come over to the guy's house and everything like that, like he'd be trying to come find me and he'd try to come talk to me and blah, 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 and this and all this shit. Yeah. And so, and for anyone who knows, I can't hold my liquor to, to save my life. I'm not a good drinker. Just it, it's not my strong suit. I don't do great with it. Um, and I was very small at the time. I did not weigh very much at that point. So the alcohol that probably went in, it, oh, it was bad. So we had this one summer night of this like party that we were doing and we were going from house to house, house and all this shit and eventually ended up at my sorority sister's uh, apartment that they all lived at mm-hmm. um, with the couple guys that we were all three hanging out with. And like they were kind of dating two guys that were in the same frat a little bit. And then they were kind of trying to get me with this other little guy so we could all kind of be together and all this shit. And I got un godly sick like Mm. we came back from the bars and partying and everything and I think we went to like go make like you know like mac and cheese whatever like college like drunk food coming back home 
Yeah. And I want to say I took like a couple bites of something once we got back. And after that happened, I was violently ill. Yikes. In my big sister's bedroom the entire rest of the night. Violently. Like so bad. So bad. So sick. This kid knocked on the door and like and like my two sorority sisters are kind of trying to come in and kind of take care of me and like not embarrass me, you know, in mm-hmm. front of these guys that like they obviously know like I'm not feeling great, like of course, but mm-hmm. like not trying to embarrass me of like she's literally vomiting everything that could have ever existed in her stomach out of her right now. Mm-hmm. Not that disgusting picture of me. And so they're kind of trying to come and go and help me and do whatever and he like is not getting it. So like he just keeps knocking on the door and knocking on the door. And like he sat outside that door until the next morning when I had to leave at 7 a.m. to go move into a new apartment, which, yeah, why I did this the night before I was going to move in somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but literally sat there all night long waiting to try to have sex with me while I vomited all night long. Sat outside a door. He was waiting to have sex with you. Like he wanted, he wanted, like he, he'd kept trying to hang out with me, trying to like, I mean, it's college. Like everyone wants to kind of fuck everybody everywhere. So I, I, that was, well, also I was in the Greek system. So maybe that's a more Greek system thing, but I will say, yes, that was kind of the commonality of what everyone was trying to achieve. Most nights we were going out was right go home with somebody, right. Or whatever. Yeah. But yes, but like he had been trying so long to try Mm -hmm. to like kind of get me to like like him and want to like kind of like do that whatever where like I think he was just hoping maybe he'd get lucky like maybe he'd get really lucky and literally sat out that sat outside that door until I left at 7 a.m. Wow yeah so this is not the same guy from high school oh no 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 no. this is a random guy from fraternity in college nope yeah but like this just I'm just kind of illustrate or at least I'm trying to illustrate for people I would have people be interested in me, but it wasn't what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, like he wasn't really what I wanted. Like it wasn't. Yeah. Or when I got close to the end of almost leaving college, there was another kid that was, he was so sweet and he was so smart and on paper should have been like everything I wanted, but Mm kind of like you said with the whole end of your, um, story story of your relationship that like you have to there needs to be sexual chemistry there there just needs to be and i'm not saying he wasn't an unattractive guy he wasn't but Mm -hmm. there just wasn't that spark like Mm -hmm. there just wasn't and i mean and he tried for like two years and it was so cute and i mean i remember like the last year i was in college like a new year's eve where all like i was working in a bar at that time so i had worked most of the night came back um my really 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 good core group of guy friends were having a big new year's eve party that night so i stopped by when i got off work and it was like and and i got off pretty early thankfully that night and so it was like before midnight or whatever so i was there at midnight and like the kiss Mm -hmm. and everything and all this kind of crap and so like we're all kind of celebrating i end up deciding i'm going to kind of head home and it's after midnight so i go to walk out and walk down Mm -hmm. and he and i went to school in a, a town where it snows all winter feet of snow Mm-hmm. And he comes barreling out of the front door and like actually accidentally tackles me into the snow because he can't really stop. 
mm-hmm. to come like kiss me for New Year's and like magically <laughs> kiss me outside. And like it was like honestly, it was one of the cutest things, but I just wasn't in him the way that he was into me. Like I mm-hmm. just wasn't. So I kind of had this really like I don't want to, I don't want to make people feel bad for me. And like, but I kind of had this like really hard time through college or high school and college where the guys that I kind of maybe seemed to want weren't mm-hmm. wanting me back at that time. And the ones who did want me, I didn't really want them back. So mm. it was kind of always, it was always a miss. Timing yeah. and wants were kind of always a miss for me going through that whole time. So then let me ask you this. What, what or who were the guys that you were wanting that you felt weren't then reciprocating that back? Oh, goodness. Like what kind of traits were you seeing in those people that you were attracted to, but that you weren't able to get? I don't, Oh, that's a really good question. Um, now I have to kind of like, we'll think back on it. I mean, well, my, the high school thing kind of, that one, I don't know that, that one, I, I, I don't even know how to describe the traits of that. I mean, he was just like one of the most fun people I'd ever met at that time. And it's funny cause he's grown up and he's changed so much now that he's an adult. So it's, mm-hmm. it's comical to me that like the person that I like fell in love with as a high schooler is not who he ended up being as an adult, which mm-hmm. is very interesting to me, but like just one of the most fun outgoing people that like, like a person so charismatic that even if other people don't think that they would normally really like like that guy at all or want to be friends or hang out with that guy, but they have mm-hmm. so much bloody charisma that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the type of people they're around. People just were drawn to them. Mm-hmm. Like that enigmatic of like a personality. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the really big things that got me someone with a really big personality. Mm-hmm. Those ones really like really, really hit me. Or, you know, um, so I, I think it was kind of something like that. Or I think when I was in college, I was just looking for someone that kind of fit me. And I, I think the hardest part was that I'm a very odd person and I'm not very normal. And like, I like weirder things. And I just am kind of, I'm a very old soul. Mm-hmm. I should not have been born in the time that I was probably born. And I just felt like no one really fit me. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt like no one really fit right. It it just mm-hmm. wasn't. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So fast forward to I think the which is going to be probably very comical for people, but I will say like one of my biggest and first like relationships mm-hmm. was the year that I had finished college, mm-hmm. right when I had left, and it was a flaming dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Best way I can describe that whole situation. Um, for any of our fans out there that are Taylor Swift listeners or lovers, if you know the song Getaway Car, that song perfectly describes this relationship. Um, yeah. So what ended up happening, I was on, I would moved to California after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. My dad was living down in the same area. We were going up to meet my mom up in Northern California, up at Lake Tahoe for a Mm -hmm. concert over Labor Day weekend. And we were all going to stay in Lake Tahoe. And we had like two concerts, two days that we were going to go see. And like, it was a little family trip 
that we were doing, that he and I were coming up from Southern California to meet her coming from Washington for this. Mm-hmm. And we had gone to a restaurant to go have some dinner. And I don't remember what had happened before this, but I was in a little bit of a rare mood, which is no surprise to most people that know me. Um, Something happened and I was a bit peeved and I was a little on one. Mm -hmm. So we end up going to this restaurant and the, there's a waiter that comes to the table. He is, I'm, I'm trying to order a drink that like, I'm looking back at the bar and like, keep in mind too, I've worked in bars and restaurants at this point. Like, I bartend, like I know what goes into drinks and I know I can tell from what you have kind of stocked up there if you could probably do this or not. Like I know mm-hmm. to not ask for this in a dive bar, but I am definitely not in a dive bar. I'm in one of the – I am in like the luxury boutique hotel of South Lake Tahoe, like $700 a night rooms, like just gorgeous. I asked for a specific drink. The bar, the waiter told me, I have no idea what that is. I don't even think we can make it. And, and what I love is I like daiquiris, like classic daiquiris. So no, they're not blended just for everyone's purpose. They are not blended. <laughs> they should okay. have never been blended ever. That is not what the intent was. Dear Lord, okay. learn your history. He looks at me and goes, ma'am, I don't have a blender. And I looked back at him being in a rare mood and said, well, that's very good because a classic daiquiri should never be put in a blender. So I'm very glad you don't have one behind the bar to make that drink. Yeah, I was being a a biatch. And so he's like, F this table. I'm not doing this table. And he sends the bartender over to the table. And he asks me what I wanted. And I had told him. And I said, from the looks at your, you know, what you've got up there, I think you probably should actually be able to make this very easily in an establishment like this. And without even a flinch, he goes, yeah, I can make that. Of course I can. I was like, oh, well, that's great. Your waiter has no idea what he's talking about. Well, perfect. I'm glad someone sent you over then. (laughs) Makes it. End up learning long time later, had to Google it because he had no idea what I wanted and was not that versed in pre-prohibitionary things. So didn't know what I wanted. But he still, he figured it out on the fly, made it everything. Mm -hmm. So we end up going back there the next day for happy hour before we go to this concert. And he's flirted with me the whole night that we were there the night before. He's now flirting with me, bringing me and my mom. And he's, we're out on a patio, right? And he's Mm -hmm. bartending for the entire restaurant. And it's a full, full happy hour. And it's a beautiful day. There's a server that is assigned to our table. Mm -hmm. Well, he keeps coming out every two bloody minutes from the bar to bring me and my mom free shots, free this, free that, like little Mm -hmm. things to pump us up, get us excited for the concert, all this stuff. And my mom is like, Jesus Christ, this guy is really into you. Like no one spends this much time when they need to be in there doing that with this. Like, good Lord. We get done. My parents go to get the seats. I'm closing out the bill and signing for it and whatever. And then I'm going to go walk over and meet them. And I get the bill. And this is a bit um, overzealous of myself, but I look in it and there's no number. There's no note. There's no number. There's no nothing at all. And I was like, what 
the actual fuck? How off my game am I that this guy has been flirting with me for two whole days and doesn't think to give me a number or a note or anything? What the fuck? I was like, I need to see how wrong I am. So I take part of the receipt and I write on it and I think I wrote on it. I said, if you ever happen to find yourself in San Diego, give me a call and put my number. Mm-hmm. I got a text 15 minutes after. I had, and I slipped it. When I gave him the book, he was in the bar. I passed him the book on my way out mm-hmm. and just immediately left. So he had to open the book and then find it in there. Well, I got a text a few minutes later and an invitation to go out for drinks later that night when he got off from working at the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, We went out for drinks that night. We went on another like little morning date the next day. And uh, after that, I ended up, I had to go back to San Diego because that was where I lived. I didn't live in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And we go and we're walking through a casino as I'm like getting ready to go leave or whatever. And he goes, I've never done this. So I don't really know how we do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't get it. He's like long distance. And I was just like, oh, oh, you like me that much? Oh, okay. Like, all right. I guess I can just pick up a bartender in, in Lake Tahoe. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Great. Good idea. Let's give this a whirl, I thought, you know, and I will say here also in lies a lovely little thing that started happening after after this relationship and kept progressing. He was about 10, almost 11 years older than me at the time that I met him as well. Yeah. So he was a good little chunk older than I was. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically, we then started like a long distance thing going and he would fly down to San Diego to come visit me. I'd go up to Tahoe, like back and forth um, until we were really pretty official. Um, and then um, it was basically it was basically just a giant whirlwind is all mm-hmm. I can describe it as. It was a whirlwind that was destined for failure from the moment it started. Um yeah. It, it was fun and it was, it was nothing like I'd ever experienced. And I will say he, especially early on, he was very, he was very incredibly caring and went out of his way to like set up and do such nice little elaborate things. Like I remember one of my best friends was living in Northern California at the time when I was in San Diego and like, I finally started dating this guy and as everyone knows from me saying through high school and college, I never really like had a steady boyfriend. There was never like, Oh, Alex and her boyfriend that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So when I finally said I have a boyfriend, everyone was like, what the fuck? This is huge. Yeah. This is a big, when this happened, it was a big, big deal for right. everyone because yeah. I had turned everyone down. So they're like, who on mm-hmm. earth is this guy that she finally was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we go and we're doing a little road trip up. I go meet her up in Northern California. We we drive over to Lake Tahoe and she's going to come stay the weekend at his house with me and meet him. Mm-hmm. And he had like said he had a surprise for us on our way and there was all this traffic. So we ended up being like so late trying to get there and it was, it was hard. Um, but like that day that we got there, we met him at the hotel that he worked at 
And um, he wasn't working that day, but it was his day off. So he was just having a drink at the bar. And we kind of come in and we've just been driving for hours and all this stuff. We're kind of frazzled and everything. And he goes, okay, guys, so I got a surprise for you. And I had no idea what this surprise was going to be. And I was trying to figure out the whole drive up here of like, he has a surprise for us when we get there. Well, he had gone to the spa and had booked two massages for the both of us after driving like the whole day and booked us both massages. So like escorted us over to the spa. There was champagne waiting in there. Like it, he did very nice things that if you know mm-hmm. me, I'm a very there is no secret here. I'm a very, very bougie person. I like really nice crap. I do. Mm-hmm. I just do. Mm-hmm. It's what I enjoy. I'm not a camping uh, girly. I'll never be a camping girly. It's not my thing. Yeah. So I think we have that in common though. I'm a little do. bit more rough around the edges. I can handle a little bit more than I think you do, but yeah. Definitely. I, but we like nice stuff. We like nice stuff. We like going kind of nice how places. We were raised. Yes. Like it was, yeah. it was kind of like, it was a quality over quantity thing. Like, yes. you know, like let's Absolutely. go for the total quality and have a really good experience. Right. We maybe aren't going to do it a million times. Right. So he just did things like that, you know, and, and very attentive in ways like that. You know, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll try to wrap this up here in about, you know, three minutes maybe. And let's see if I can basically wrap kind of a lot of the end of this all up. Okay. So fast forward to, we've been dating for a couple months here and um, we got into, I don't want to call it an argument, but a little bit of a, a spat when we were, when I was there for new year's Eve, like weekend. And my same friend from Northern California had just also actually started dating who is now her husband. Um, adore them. Uh, they both came to stay with us and have a weekend up at Tahoe for new year's Eve. Like we were spending new year's Eve in Tahoe. Well, we kind of are having this little disagreement in this casino at one point. And my friends, Josh and Trisha are kind of like doing laps around being like, okay, we're going to give them their space and let them work through this, whatever. Well, by the time we've worked through a disagreement, the ending of the disagreement work through was um, he was just going to move to San Diego. Yep. We met in September and decided like December 30th that he was going to move to San Diego mm-hmm. and he was going to move down and live with me. And we were going to start doing life down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was about a month in between. He moved in like February and came down February. So about a month to close everything out up there, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then get down there. Um, he eventually he moved down. Um, but it was just such a whirlwind that wasn't. When I look back at it, none of the things that we did and the experiences we had, they weren't, they didn't feel like real life. Like it was mm-hmm. so magnified that like mm-hmm. every, that <sighs> it was so much fun, but there were so many parts that I look back and go, that's not really a reality. Like that's living in a fake reality. Um, Do you so- feel like you kind of had like a bachelor relationship? Like from the TV show, The Bachelor? Yes, a little bit. Like the things we did were just so like outlandish and like all of the, like it was just so swept up in this mm-hmm. exciting thing. And I mean, I get it too. Like he was so excited. He came from, the, he was originally from the Midwest. He was so excited to be living in Southern California. And like we had all these things at our disposal and experiences and all this kind of stuff to do all the time. And you know, 
I was so head over heels for him. And he came from a family that was kind of broken up when he was, by the time he was an adult, like in college, by cheating. Mm -hmm. That was how his, a pit of his childhood had gone. The relationship before me that was for like five or six years or something like that, that's how that ended. Um, So I never, there was never a, a piece of me that ever would have thought that he would have cheated on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and what ended up happening months down the road, um, and actually fun story the day before my birthday was when I learned all this really, that was a fun birthday I had. Um, I, I learned that he had been sexting, having emotional affairs, you name it with women from the day I met him. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding this and I and it wasn't just a thing that happened later. It mm-hmm. was it was literally like I found things from like the day that he was texting me being like sweetheart I cannot wait to come move down there and tomorrow mm-hmm. I'll be living in the same city as you and I cannot wait and like my friends in Tahoe have like put together this little like going out night for me and all this stuff. And these were some of these people were people like one of these girls was a girl I met. Mm-hmm. I met this girl. I shook her hand, things like this of like, and now I'm seeing like what they're doing behind the scenes and I, mind blowing, mm-hmm. just mind blowing. So I should have ended it then. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I tried. I tried to give it everything because, and I think here was the other thing, because it took me so long to find somebody that I felt like I really clicked with and that was like the right person for me and met me in all these different areas. Yeah. And that I had done this so much later than everybody else Mm -hmm. that I think there was a, there was a big part of me that thought if I waited this long like, and I, and I lose this, like, what is there after this? Right. What now? What is going to come after this? And like, and Mm -hmm. this was a period of time too, where, you know, you were getting in a very stable relationship, almost Mm -hmm. to the point of getting married. My, my Mm -hmm. other friends, all of my other friends that I also had were in these very stable relationships that were all headed towards marriage. And here Mm -hmm. is my life imploding. Mm -hmm. just imploding. And what I thought was right and who I thought was right wasn't. And I just for a long time couldn't live with that. Like I couldn't Mm -hmm. live with that failure of that. Mm -hmm. So I tried to hold on to something a lot longer than I did. And Mm -hmm. we kind of, and and the very end of it, it had a really odd ending. I will say this where um, it really did. It had a very odd ending where his, Dad unexpectedly died of a heart attack mm-hmm. while we were still living in San Diego. Um, it was like towards the end of the summer. And he basically, we were literally heading on our way out to just go eat dinner somewhere. And we were like literally walking down the hallway out of our apartment. He gets a call from his brother who he doesn't like call, talk to very often like that. His younger brother who lives still in Wisconsin. And I just see him literally fall down the side of the hallway uh, wall, just literally fall onto his ass on the hallway wall, collapsing, that his father has just died of a massive heart attack. Mm -hmm. 
So he ends up going back to Wisconsin. This is after the cheating stuff has happened and we've tried to work through this, everything. He goes back to, you know, take care of affairs, bury his dad, all of this stuff. Um, And as I'm, you know, trying to be as supportive as I can from afar from San Diego while he's trying to go do that, um, I see close to one of the days leading up to him coming back home finally because he'd been gone for like two and a half, almost three weeks maybe at this point for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I had gone to like – I think I went to go pick up his like dry cleaning because he wore suits to work. So I went to go pick mm-hmm. those up knowing he was going to come back and need them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hanging him on a rack that we had and his iPad was sitting face up like right near this rack of clothes. And I sit there and I'm hanging this and I look down because it's going off. And of course an iPad is like linked to your phone. Mm-hmm. So I see that as he's going home to take care of his dad's affairs and passing, I see the words pop up on his iPad saying basically the likes of, um, baby, can't you send a dick pic, please? And oh. I'm just like, this is what you're doing while you're burying your dad. Are you are you joking me? Mm-hmm. Do you think that I actually gave it up at this point? No, I didn't. I still when he got home after that, I still he had excuses for it, saying that like, you know, this was a girl that like knew him from earlier and like she was trying to take advantage of him being in a vulnerable state with his dad dying and all this garbage, mm. just all horseshit. So I end up finally, he ends up going back to Wisconsin because his dad's affairs were just such a bloody mess. Like he ended up Mm -hmm. going back there Mm -hmm. and I was not going to go. I wasn't going to Wisconsin. Um, So at this point it was, was I staying in San Diego or was I coming back home to Seattle? And I decided, I guess at this point I'm going to come back home to Seattle and we'll try to figure out if we can, I mean, we met and dated long distance. So maybe we can make that work. So mm-hmm. I think I tried to for a few months into the fall before it finally all just it broke so badly. I mean, it was broken from yeah. the sad I part. I think it went all the way till Christmas. I think because I, I think it was close you, to your mom was like prepping for him to come to Christmas, and it it and I will just say that during this whole relationship, like you and I didn't really have contact at all. Much, we went no. we went through a long period of time where for some reason, I don't really know why that we didn't really talk, but it was once you came back to Seattle and I think I had just randomly reached out to you. Cause I was like, I haven't heard from you in a really long time that you were kind of going through all of this. And I feel like that was one of our real reconnecting moments. And it was, you kind of leaned on me in that moment, which, you know, at that point I was I needed you so badly. Yeah, I didn't I know what to do. Either in school or out of school. I don't remember, but I was already like a therapist. So I was you a were, little bit she, in that. You, you were very versed. You guys were at the point, you guys were living in the U district, I think, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I would have been out of school. Yeah. I think you were well, no, we, Yeah. We lived there when I was at SPU, right? My, yeah. So anyway, basically. I was there for you during you were there through all of it, the ending of this relationship anyway. And yeah, it was a lot of like, 
you didn't even know if he was coming back or not. It was a really like weird situation of he was in Wisconsin with his family and you thought he was going to come out to Seattle and meet you. And then you guys would start back up where you were again, but it ended up just being like, no, I'm just staying here. And it was really weird. Yeah. And I ended up finding out he ended up getting a a job working in like a bar in Wisconsin and uh, he had hired some girl like pretty close after like, you know, and we were still kind of trying to be together at this point. Mm-hmm. And he'd hired this girl as a as a server, as a waitress. Um, and when we like took the break, like when we decided to basically, I think, split, um, it was maybe a week after. And then he announced he was with that girl that he had hired from that bar. Mm-hmm. And ironically, he ended up marrying her, actually. So, yeah, he ended up marrying that girl that he dated right after me. Yeah. Um, Didn't they have like a baby right away too? Yeah, they had a baby pretty like they they dated pretty quickly. They got married very quickly, like in a mm-hmm. really sad sack of a fucking ceremony in Florida that I would have never wanted. So power to her. Um I have my dream wedding coming up this this uh this summer to my delightful, amazing fiance. Um, yeah. so thank God that was not my life. But yeah, it was so it was it was just all I can say is that whole relationship was a total mind fuck like it was just like I basically there's like a line of something that I like that reminds me of this every time where it's like I struck a match and I blew your mind and after that everything was just destined for failure like I think Mm -hmm. I was just I don't know. I think I just kind of walked in and was this being that maybe really fascinated him. But like, I I think the best way I can say it is I think he loved the idea of me more than Mm -hmm. he ever loved me for who I was. I think he liked the idea of what I could be and what other people saw me as. Right. But he didn't truly love who I was. Yeah. Well, and obviously, I mean, I, I never met him. I didn't know him, but just from you know, even what you've said about all the cheating and stuff and that, you know, his family kind of broke up from cheating as well. So there, you know, it's a pattern there um, that it sounds like he just wasn't in a space for himself where he was ready to be in the type of relationship that you were looking for. No. And he, yeah, maybe there was an element of like, I know this is what I should be wanting And this is somebody who would, you know, allow me to have that if I was ready for it. But obviously he wasn't because he was, you know, doing other stuff on the side. So, yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah, I was I was late for my for my first one. Yeah. Well, we both ended in tragedy. But we're both here and we both are now in very happy, healthy, successful relationships as of today. Um, So I know we're a little bit over time for what we normally want, but I want to know what did you learn from all of that going through all of that and kind of having some time to reflect? Obviously, you know, it's years later now and you're in a different relationship, but Having gone through that experience, what did you learn about relationships and about yourself? What I learned more than anything else from that relationship and 
I mean, this kind of this, you know, this one will hit both. So I think my this answer will hit both for me mm-hmm. is that you can't and you do not sacrifice your worth for anything. Mm-hmm. Y- you can't. Mm-hmm. I think there are moments where we like to believe that we're mentally strong enough to get like we humans are resilient creatures, like to have been on the planet as long as we have. I mean, honestly, with as dumb as we are. It's miraculous how resilient we are. So I think we're able to believe that we can be resilient in in faces of of unwanted situations like the cheating or something like that, where yeah. I now look at it and I just go, I I took my worth and I dumped it in the toilet. And I I didn't believe that. I believe that I was was worth what was happening. Um, And I also think that the other big part of that was, is I think that, um, and I I won't say all cheaters do this, but in that situation, I was made to believe a lot of the time that parts of me and how I approach things and the way that I approach things and who I am Mm -hmm. were reasons that's that. Mm, how do I say this? All these things about me were reasons for the cheating. Mm-hmm. And I think at, when I really took a step back, it was like, no, 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 that is, that's not right. Right. Someone who truly loves you and loves you for who you are and everything that you are. Mm-hmm doesn't take parts of you and and try to use that against you to say that to excuse their own behaviors. Right. So I think I just learned that, you know, I am worth someone who will work hard for me and our relationship and will try and will give everything they have and will be honest mm-hmm. and wants to be honest and honestly with me Mm-hmm. is I think the biggest thing I learned that I just didn't have at that time, that I was just so worried that I was so far behind in time and I'd never make it up. So yeah. I needed to make this work. Yeah. And I just didn't. Like no part of me needed to make that work because I was worth a lot more than that. Yeah. Because I think that's that's what I came out of it with. And I will say I was – once I got that lovely self-worth – I was single for quite a quite a chunk of time because I had set a bar of what mm-hmm. I wanted and what I wanted so- the work that I wanted to see someone put in to be with me. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. It took me a while to find a person who was willing to go out of their way to do these things to show me that I am worth every minute of their time and their energy because yeah. that's what it should be. Right. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, that didn't happen with my first really, well, I guess it did a little bit in my processing. Cause I, again, I went to therapy after my first relationship, which ended up getting into a lot of like family stuff, um, which is, you know, what I work with on and people with people wanting to work on relationships is a lot of the stuff that we, end up seeking in relationships or the patterns that we develop in relationships, a lot of that stems from our childhood and the things that we observed or saw growing up. So um, those are very interconnected. But 
I agree with you. Before I met my husband, that was something that I had to go through too, was yeah. learning what am I worth? What am I willing to put up with? And what are my absolute, like, I'm not going to put up with this. This is not okay. No. And I deserve more than this. And I want a partner that is going to meet these standards that I have for myself. Exactly. And I think once you give yourself that, once you've got a clear compass of mm -hmm. like, I'm, and I think it also comes from also kind of knowing who you are too. Yeah. I think, you know, just, it took me and, and here's the other thing is I think, I, I think that time is such a, um, time is such a killer mm -hmm. for a lot of people where they, they let the concept of time passing allow them to not do the work that maybe they need to do for themselves mm -hmm. to be in the place that they actually want to want to be and are able to say what they want and have standards and have boundaries and, and all of that. And I, I do think that that's kind of a sad thing though, that, you know, we kind of get caught up in that and in what society says life is supposed to look like and how it progresses and the time it progresses. Mm-hmm to just also learn that like everyone is on their own time clock. Absolutely. Everyone is. I mean, like I couldn't have heard it better I the other day than I think it was, um, it was Vera Wang. And she goes, I didn't make my first wedding dress until I was 40. And like, mm -hmm. think how successful that woman is in what she does. It's like, I think we all kind of just need to sometimes let go of the concept of time and let mm -hmm the fear of that go mm -hmm. to be able to say, I'm going to process my life and my relationships and everything in the way that I need to for me. And mm -hmm. when I'm done, I'm done. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's also now, you know, being married and having a kiddo, like there's lots of stuff in front of me, but once you get here, you're just here. <laughs> you're just <laughs> living life you know, trying to create new memories, doing more things together. And, and it's amazing. Like I wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to be a mom. These are all things that are great, but you know, there's no rush to get, no. there. there's no like reason that you need to be here sooner rather than later. Other than, you know, if you meet a partner earlier in life, great. And if that's where you're going with that partner, great. But exactly. if you end up not meeting somebody that fits you until later, Obviously, the kids thing has a whole like biological clock to it. But, um, you know, I think, yeah, it, there's once you get here, you're just living life still. You're it's just an amazing life, here. but you still got to create the things. You still got to do the work in your relationship. You still got to work. You still got to do all this stuff. So it's not like you get to a plateau of happiness and then no. you're just like always happy for or the rest of your life. Or it's forever easy. Yeah. Relationships no. are never going to be easy. They're oh my God. Absolutely Human beings not. are so complex of creatures. Yeah. Melding two people together. Like that's not to say you're not going to argue that you're not going to have blowups. Yeah. I have a hole in my drywall right now from one of my blowups, like in an oh, argument, that's like not great. <laughs> no, that's not great. I I'm, I'm, I'm overly dramatic. Everyone. I am one of the most dramatic people you've probably ever met. So that it doesn't help me when I get angry. But yes, but but just to say that when you can see the underlying constant of love and support 
and connection and happiness. Mm-hmm. All these other things are going to ebb and flow. It's never going to be easy, like you said. It's never going to be a plateau of happiness. But mm-hmm. when you know you have that solid foundation, yeah, you can get through them very, very easily because right. you have all of this backing up what the both of you believe and are working towards. Right. Yeah. And I think the moral of this story is some people do get it right, right off the bat, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of learning and growing through that. But a lot of us, our first relationships are kind of like pancake relationships. The first pancake (laughs) is always a little, you know, just wonky and not quite round enough. I feel like I use this in another- That is so good. (laughs) Do you use that with your clients, the pancake analogy? I don't know. I feel like I- Did I say this in one of our other podcasts? No, I've never heard that, but I love it. Yeah. It's just kind of the pancake relationship. Like it's the first pancake. You get to work out some of the kinks. You get to kind of get your feet wet to even just like know what does it look like to be in a relationship? How do I relate to another person in this way? And sometimes it ends very tragically like both of ours did and you get your heart broken. But you know what? I'm actually grateful for that heartbreak. It was Me too. so hard. And so, I mean, especially- it was so bloody hard. Yeah. Like first heartbreaks are always the worst. They kill you. Yeah. They really, really do. Like the the level of the amount of time that I really, truly thought I was never going to be happy again. Yeah. Or like that you said earlier on that like you're still long. This is the person who has just shattered and tattered your heart into a million pieces, but they're the only person you want to come to your defense Right. To comfort you. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're the first ones to do it too. Like you haven't exactly. been there before. And especially on my end as a teenager, it was like, yep. you know, you, you feel like the world is ending. You yes. feel like you're never going to be happy again. You're never going to find a person that's going to love you in the same way again. It is one of the worst feelings, but I think there's a lot of things in life where we have to have that yin and yang to know what it looks like to be on the other side. And, you know, there wouldn't be this like longing to be in love and be in a relationship that is healthy without knowing what is the consequence if it doesn't go well. Like, there's a risk to love and the risk is always putting your heart out there and allowing somebody else to hold it and to care for it and hopefully not break it, hopefully not break it, but there's always that chance. And, you know, hopefully we're hedging our bets against that chance (laughs) with having a healthy relationship. Yeah. But there is always that chance. And that's with any relationship. I mean, obviously it hurts a lot more with, more like intimate romantic relationships, but any relationship, friendships, um, even relationships with parents and family members, like there's always the risk of it not going well and being hurt because of it. And so, you know, I think going through heartbreak, it's a huge learning moment, even though it sucks and it hurts while you're in it. But I do think you can learn a lot from understanding what does it feel like when relationships don't work? And then how can I grow and learn about, you know, what I want and what I don't want? I don't think anyone could have, could have said that better. And, you know, and I, and like you said, it just gets you to the point place of knowing what you do want. 
Yeah. And you don't, and like, just in case anyone, like any like female male is by chance listening to this, that like you feel like what you want mm-hmm. isn't okay. It is okay. Yeah. It is okay. It's okay it to totally have a standard. Okay. It is okay to ask and and expect someone to show up for you and to show out mm-hmm. for you in the same ways that you're going to do for them. Like yeah. that, let me just rephrase, in the world of now, um, like all of the internet dating and, and swiping and the endless amounts of choices that, you know, it's yeah. it feels like, oh, okay, well, if this one doesn't work, there's 20 others right behind it. So what does it matter? Yeah. But it is okay. Mm-hmm. To just say, this is what I expect, yeah. and I'm not going to budge from that. Like, that yeah. is okay. And eventually, you will find somebody who that meshes with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was actually, we're, I know we need to close out, but I will say it was just really cute to me yesterday. My fiance came home from a lunch with a really good old friend of his from like high school, growing up, everything, who lives in Seattle. They met for lunch yesterday and he was asking Connor about like me and, you know, all these things and stuff. And the what Connor had said is Connor goes, if you would have written me on a piece of paper and wrote Alex on a piece of paper and given us these pieces of paper and said, this is who you're going to marry, by the way, mm-hmm. there is no way on paper we would have added up. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There is no way on paper. But I think when you just find the person that they're worth it to you. Mm-hmm. They are worth it to you. And you yeah. will do whatever you can and whatever you need to do to show them that. Mm-hmm. And it's not a chore and it's not work. It's just right. out of love of I love you and I want to be able to give you mm-hmm. the best and every the best of me that I can. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Relationships are really hard and it is work, but I think it's worth it to go through the experiences you need to go through to learn what you want, what you don't want, and to value yourself and to know that you're worthy of all of these things that you, you know, want to need in a relationship. We'll continue to talk more about what does a healthy relationship look like, but I think most people want to feel safe. They want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel loved. And they, again, want to feel that this person is going to be by my side no matter what, that they're loyal and they're going to be honest and we're going to work through things together. And I think if you can find that. You can work through a lot of shit. You can work through a lot of shit. Yeah, for sure. So. With that, I think we're going to be done for today. Thank you for sticking with us for a little bit longer of an episode. Um, We didn't get to talking about our first sexual experiences. so That will be its own episode. That will be its own episode. Um, You know, that'll be... We like to give you guys the full story, okay? We don't want to give you a half-assed story with no detail, okay? Yeah. We are very good storytellers. So some people are going to be really turned off by that, and I'm so sorry, but hopefully there are other people that will stick with us and will enjoy our detailed stories of things. Yeah. Um, 
But as always, we so appreciate you guys listening and going through this journey with us. We hope that you're getting something out of these stories that we have, um, bringing it kind of together to something that you can take away. Um, And look forward to new episodes later because all these foundational things just about you learning about us. We just want you to know who we are and kind of how we've gotten to where we are so that when we kind of get into more topics that are really going to relate to you guys and your relationships and the Mm -hmm. things that you go through with your partners, Mm -hmm. you'll have this understanding of who we are first. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, we're still going to use anecdotal stories throughout all of our episodes, but these first episodes, we're kind of just trying to go through a lot of the experiences that we've had and the different things that we've learned in relationships and sex. So with that, please feel free to follow us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And please write us a review with any thoughts that you have or questions with topics that you would like us to bring up in our conversations together. We would love to have a listener question every episode that we can dive into a little bit more at the end of each episode. So if you have any questions, please let us know. Um, You can find us on Instagram at herontoppod. Um, Hopefully we'll get some fun things going up on Instagram as we go. And then as always, please just tune in to next week's episode where we are going to be talking about our first sexual experiences. So hopefully you're excited about that. And with that, (laughs) with that, take care. We will see you next time. See you next week, guys. Thank you so much. Bye.